Welcome to Monday Monday. We're Joey and Emma, bringing you a new, real, raw parenting podcast series. Talking to experts, celebrities, parents, and influencers to shine a light on the areas of parenting that are overlooked, unspoken, or not Instagram worthy. We say that every day is a Monday for a mama. Please subscribe, like, comment, and follow our journey on Monday Monday. Joey Kendall Brown, Emma Sarai Beard. Thank you for listening! Hello and welcome to Monday Monday. We are so excited to tell you guys that this episode is sponsored by Nano Baby. They are such a brilliant brand. They've just launched in the UK. They've designed the first baby bottle specifically for breast milk. So ideal for all you mummers out there who are breastfeeding and expressing. Nano Baby epitomises everything that Monday Monday is about. Preparing and empowering parents. Its unique design means it both cools down and warms up twice as fast as a standard shaped bottle, so it helps preserve the nutrients in the breast milk. And its breast-like shape means it's easy holding for little hands. It's super simple to use as you can pump directly into the bottle as it comes with an adapter that fits most pumps, so no chance of spillages. And finally, the bottles can stack on top of each other for easy storage in the fridge. Such a smart design. So whether you want to get your partner involved, you're struggling with feeding, have to return to work, or just need a break, it's the perfect companion on your breastfeeding journey. It's available in John Lewis, Mamas and Papas, or on NanoBaby's website at nanobaby.co.uk. Today we'll be chatting to Charlotte Fox, ND and founder of the Green People Organic Babies, the UK's leading organic skincare range for babies and toddlers. Charlotte is also the proud mother to daughter Sandra, who is in fact the reason Charlotte launched the brand due to her skin allergies. With her wealth of knowledge in pharmaceuticals and herbal medicine, Charlotte is going to share exactly how we should be caring for our little one's precious skin, including expert tips and advice on eczema, cradle cap and what makes organic skin products the way forward. Charlotte thank you so much for taking your time to talk to us today both joey and i um, have used and love organic babies products and thought it would be amazing to share your knowledge and expertise when it comes to baby skin with our listeners thank you so much firstly can you tell us a little bit about organic babies and how your daughter sandra played a big part in its conception Yes, uh, indeed. Uh, hi to everybody from Charlotte, sitting down in West Sussex, lovely countryside at the minute. <laughs> Very lucky. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's, the whole journey started when my daughter was around two years old. We live in Denmark, and as you can hear in my accent, I'm definitely not British, but I'm <laughs> Danish. Um, in Scandinavia, we were a bit longer ahead when it comes to organic and natural, so I thought I could uh, find alternatives for her when she started to have eczema. Uh, initially, I was just going from specialist to specialist, um, dermatologist, and all they said was put steroid creams on her. And uh, being in the pharmaceutical, knowing the side effects, of obviously, of steroids, I looked for alternative solutions but couldn't find any. Mm. So back in 1994, uh, we actually moved to the UK, beautiful country you have here. Thank you. uh, And I've stayed here ever since because it's so lovely. Uh, But at that time, I, uh, for the first time, had a chance to sit down and think about how I could help her and uh, started to look at uh, various ingredients. Mm. Um, And Sandra was just one of the many, many millions of poor small children suffering from uh, eczema and it's just awful to see that it seems to be on the increase. 
So we're talking about eczema one in four, one wow. in five in that region. It's it's not good. Mm. Um, so to to help a child with eczema, you need to obviously think diet, but you also need to think one and foremost to strengthen the skin barrier. So the skin barrier is is a key, and you can do that with natural remedies. Yes, yes. Myself and Emma have actually spoken to a lot of parents about the responsibility we have to protect our baby's skin, obviously discussing like the common concerns surrounding how we should be taking care of their skin and everything. Um, what, what can you give in terms of expert advice, apart from diet and things like that, on how we can look after our children? Yes. When it comes, when it comes to skin care itself, it's important to avoid any harsh ingredients. Uh, a lot of uh, products on the market, without mentioning names and all that, contains uh, sodium lauryl sulfate, uh, which is a foaming agent that is very strong to, to the skin. Mm -hmm. If you've got normal strong skin, you can cope, not mm. a problem. But if you've got uh, eczema or you have a very sensitive skin, you can't use it. A lot of other products contains alcohol. We're talking about ethyl alcohol, ethanol. Uh, which is something you could drink, but mm. it is in products very often to make them, uh, you know, absorb easier through the skin. But mm. it's a, it's an irritant, removing the fatty protection on the skin. Mm. And then you've got the synthetic perfumes and, and you have uh, colorants and so on. So stay away from that. But what so we need to do? focus on, on the ingredients and make sure that we're using products without that kind of thing then. Yes, absolutely. And the, the easiest way to, to find a product on the shelf that will help the skin would be to look down the aisle where it's saying organic. Mm -hmm. uh, because if you've got a certified organic product, uh, the, the ingredients I just mentioned are, are not there. Yeah. Um, that, that's the first step. And a product for an eczema-prone child should be a product that is more like a salve than a balm. So a rich, heavy product that can protect. You can imagine putting a salve on your skin and how it will protect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. My um, son actually has got um, slight eczema on his back. Um, he's um, just turning one. And um, I found that I would put a cream on him. And if I, for instance, forgot um, the, the next day to put it on, it would come back. Is there a reason why that happens? Do you have to consistently use a cream or is it just that I'm using the wrong type of cream? Uh, I obviously don't know what <laughs> you're using, but, but when you have a child with eczema, unfortunately it is ongoing and you need yeah. to reapply and you need to reapply uh, ideally several times a day. Okay. Uh, just to give you an idea, when you have a child with eczema, their skin barrier function is... It's very, very weak. Mm. Uh, you can imagine you have a brick wall. And if you've got a brick wall uh, between the, the bricks, you have mortar. Yeah. For healthy skin, there is mortar all around. For uh, skin that is eczema prone, there are crackles in this mortar, which means that any kind of irritant could penetrate through. Mm. And the, the skin barrier is not strong enough. And mm -hmm. that's what you want. You want to strengthen that barrier. That's fantastic because mm. I, I, I feel like I'm not, I don't, I apply it sort of like at night time, mm. but I forget to do it during the day. So thank yes. you so much. It's yeah. probably quite a, a and few mummies and daddies are doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's that. And then look for, look for cream like in our baby cell. We, for example, we use 
obviously a lot of good base oils, but there is also one key ingredient which is as simple as beeswax. Oh, wow. Right. Organic beeswax is, is very good. It's, it works like a water repellent. Uh, so it will keep the skin protected and it also keep the skin from uh, any kind of external aggressors. You can imagine you've got a nappy rash, for mm. example, then yeah. it works brilliant for that. But also for a skin flare-up, you wouldn't put any ingredient on which is water-based because the water-based ingredients can irritate the skin even more. So stay to, to oils and salves uh, mm. for that type of skin. That's interesting because um, my, I keep going back to my son, but my experience, um, he um, is teething at the moment and he dribbles quite a lot and he's, and he's getting quite a red patch underneath his chin, a little sort of double chin he's got, and it's really quite sore. So would that be something that you'd use as a barrier to sort of prevent it from getting yeah. worse? Perfect, ah. a really good idea because okay. it's very, very common to, to have that kind of dribbling. I think most yeah. babies yeah. are dribbling when they're teething. Yeah. And uh, those small, so, small sore spots, they are very unpleasant for the child. Mm, yeah. So by applying the baby salve, you really protect easy and fast. Mm. And uh, for example, our salve also contains shea butter mm -hmm. and hemp, uh, hemp oil, which have amazing properties, again, for protecting, but mm -hmm. also giving antioxidants and omega fatty acids. Oh. I've actually been using them through the winter to uh, save my hands and my lips. So um, okay. I found they're really good for that as well. I've been stealing yes. all Knox's products. <laughs> <laughs> you do that as a parent though, don't you? You tend to sort of like, I'm using the baby's stuff because I feel like if I'm putting that on my baby and it's really, really good for my baby, then it's going to be good for me. Exactly. So I've ended up using all the baby stuff exactly. on the aisles. <laughs> Double use. And that's where very often where uh, we uh, start our journey with yeah. organic and natural because you don't really want to put anything with nasty ingredients mm. on your yeah. baby. Yeah. And what we forget to realize is that 60%, up to 60% of what you apply on your skin goes straight into the bloodstream. Wow. And it builds up in your fatty tissue and in all your organs. Wow. Whereas when you eat something that has uh, potentially has chemicals, at least if you've got a well-functioning liver and some good kidneys, then you can get rid of all the toxins. Gosh, I didn't but, know that. It's quite scary, actually, to think about just what you apply yeah, to your skin. It is. has such an effect on your body. It especially has. on, like, a, a small baby, mm. you know. Yeah. It's uh, growing. It's, oh. You know, yeah, they're the most awful. important just, stages. Yeah, d just the thought of it. And, and because their, their organs are not completely fully matured, it will be also more difficult for a baby to get rid of it all. Yeah, gosh. So talking about the early sort of stages of parenthood, a lot of babies suffer from cradle cap. Um, how can we kind of treat that? Yeah, uh, just looking at the, the stats, around 10% of babies uh, have cradle cap. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it peaks by the, the age of three months. Mm. Um, the, the cradle cap, um, you shouldn't uh, start to pick all the flakes because that could just cause infections. Mm. Again, the baby cell is amazing for it because the baby cell will help to loosen the flakes. Mm. They need to be kept uh, soft and moisturised. And, and then gently, gently rub the loose flakes off, but do not pick. That's the no. worst you can do. Gosh, yeah, you can probably make it worse. Yeah, um, and and we we have we have fantastic testimonials coming in where you you're seeing pictures before and after, 
and just in a couple of days, the cradle cap is, is going going away, which is amazing. It's amazing. You must love seeing how all your products can benefit so many different people. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and that's what makes it worthwhile to, to uh, go to work every day yeah. because you, you, uh, you get all these beautiful stories. Yeah. And, it, and it's so important. I mean, I've, I'm really worried about my boys because um, they had cradle cap for a number of months. Um, mm. They suffered with it, I think, up until about four and a half months, five months. And I was like, what's going on? And I also worried because I was thinking, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but um, my baby's hair, I felt like they had such bad cradle cap that the hair wasn't able to sort of come through because of the cradle cap. Is that something that happens? Does it yes, prevent hair growth? Oh, you can imagine that uh, these overactive glands, uh, they're producing way too much sebum. It's actually stemmed from the mother's hormones under pregnancy and all that. Mm. Uh, you, you can't get through. The poor hair cannot get through that thick layer of sebum. Wow. OK. So it was that then? Mm. I actually think Knox <laughs> yes. has a little bit now, even though he's almost two, because I really struggle to get the soap out of his hair because I'm frightened of getting the soap in his eyes. So I think there's oh. like a little build-up of dry skin on his head should i should yes. i apply balm even though he's got long yeah hair? i would definitely apply balm okay. definitely use that amazing why do you think i know we touched upon this earlier but why do you think children um are more prone to eczema um and how how it, i know we talked about sort of how to treat it but what why do you think that is it's uh, genetic uh, unfortunately okay Genetic factors is is uh, hard to come by, but then you also, on top of it, uh, can trigger it by lifestyle factors. So mm -hmm. if if a child uh, with eczema, if you take a child away from citrus fruits, mm -hmm. avoid dairy products, okay. that would be the first stop. And uh, the next is probably gluten. Gluten, um, wow. You wouldn't think uh, that uh, what you eat is no. affecting it. But it, it's, I, I know a lot of babies uh, or small children, when as soon as they're taking off dairy yeah. and citrus fruits, it, it tends to be better. But there can be so many triggers yeah. and it's, it's difficult. And uh, when you have a child with, with eczema, uh, you have to think about what do you use uh, for clothing because uh, two uh, woolly things or synthetic fabrics are not mm -hmm. always the best. Yeah. <laughs> stay uh, and go for cotton material uh, that is important and also what you wash your clothes in yes so uh, i was really using... affected by yeah. washing powder as a child so yeah. i had to have basically soap free washes and i even had a special wash at boarding school where none of my clothes were allowed to touch anything else because my eczema was so terrible i kind of wish you guys were around back then <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I know do you know when um, but... you would sorry Sorry? Yeah. I was going to say, do you know when you were talking about sort of like um, removing maybe sort of dairy? The, my only concern is, because obviously my son suffers with eczema, is that obviously there's so much, you get drummed in that they have to have dairy mm, for their so sort of vitamins on it, and nutrition. Yeah. So is it, is it just basically maybe reducing the amount and maybe not overloading them so you're still getting the health benefits from dairy? Or no. It is. It is either or. And okay. and you, if you are thinking about dairy, what is it that we would like to get out of dairy? That's yeah. calcium. Mm -hmm. yeah. And calcium you can find in, in all the other good products on the market. So you've got uh, oat milk, you've got, uh, I'm not so keen on soya, to be honest, mm -hmm. but yeah. uh, oats, oats probably the best. Even okay. pea milk uh, as well now. 
Sorry? There's pea milk as well now, which yes. is, oh, is actually pea. quite, yeah, yeah it's delicious. It's very high in, in protein as well. So what you should do is always look at the back of the label and mm-hmm. see the, the content of uh, the breakdown. And yeah. it will say whether how much protein, carbohydrates and whatever okay. is in. But a lot of brands are starting to put the calcium levels on because that is really what we're looking for. Okay. And, and yeah, calcium is needed. But you can also get calcium for, for from vegetables. So yeah. if you are feeding the little one with green veggie stuff yeah, yeah. In, a, in a mess, that would be good as well. Thank oh, you so much. Yeah. Because it's definitely been something that's been weighing on my mind because we're now removing the... Um, not removing, but we are, yeah. We're removing the... Um, formula milk and we're now going on to full fat cow's milk so that's given me a nice um, sort of route to have a look at the oat milks on yeah you could almost transition to that instead of if the cow's and and maybe try uh try some goat's milk it it is not as uh as woolly tasting as it sometimes smells (laughs) (laughs) that's my fear i always feel like goat's milk tastes like the farm that the goats live on (laughs) yeah i I will say i love goat's butter it's fantastic wow goat's cheese yeah, go to so If you want to go down that route, it, yeah. it, might, it might be okay. Mm. Thank you so much for that. So a lot of our um, listeners and audience are new parents. What advice would you give them to protect the baby's skin? Uh, should we let their natural oils work their magic? I know a lot of people say, like, don't bath them in the first week um, or let them kind of get their natural oils to come out. But what would your best advice be? It would definitely be that forget about soaps for a little baby. They don't need soap. You you need to clean the nappy area. That's really key. And mm-hmm. and you don't need to dunk your little one down in a bath every night. Mm. It's not necessary. Wait. I would personally, I would wait a month uh, okay. to do uh, all the washing uh, and just go for cleansing gently uh, the nappy area and obviously around the mouth where they're breastfeeding uh-huh. or bottle feeding. Yeah, because a lot of there's a lot of talk around sort of like bath bottle bed. Yeah, it's something that I kind of sort of did like so obsessively to the point where it was almost like a detriment, really, because I I feel like you know the the bath actually for my family, for instance, were sort of um, stimulating them at night time rather than sort of soothing them to sleep. And obviously, Mm. every baby's different, but also I did it did concern me about you know constantly bathing them every Mm. single night. It's very drying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's quite interesting. very drying because the, the pH level of the skin is, is around neutral, neutral, yeah. mm-hmm. what you call not neutral pH because neutral pH is 7, yeah. but is around 5.5. When you have a bath, uh, you, the pH of the skin will, will increase mm-hmm. uh, for, for a little while after you've had a bath. Yeah. And also the temperature, you need to keep the bath relatively cool, so not the 37, 38 degrees that we like as mm-hmm. adults, but maybe 35, 36 will be better. And then keep the bedroom cool. It's, okay. it's, it's a must. So Is it better to have a cooler bedroom air. then? Yeah. It's, it's every time that a little body is, is getting too hot, uh, the eczema just gets worse. Really? That's so interesting. Yeah. And with baths, actually, Knox had eczema when he was born. And I must say that I've been a little lazy on bathing every night because I found I didn't want to rely on something as part of a bedtime routine in case we weren't able to bath him. Um, and naturally, actually, his eczema's kind of cleared up. And I guess that's why, um, because we weren't doing it every night. Mm. 
ideally uh, you should put a, a few drops of uh, the the oil in mm -hmm. so the baby oil that we have put a few drops in the in the bath water just make sure that uh, you have a good grip on the little one so you don't end up uh, having a slippery yeah. <laughs> oily slippery baby <laughs> yeah. but it, it really works nicely and and when uh, you have had the little one in a bath it would be a good idea to just pat dry the skin and okay. then moisturize after put oil on or the salve on the body mm -hmm. because it will it will then trap the 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 water from the bath and skin needs uh, hydration that's amazing tip mm. i didn't think about that pat dry thing yeah i mean it's it's, it's crazy when it's i'm the trying obvious to... things that you don't think about i think yeah and you, all you're thinking about is get them dry as quickly as possible. But I, I don't tend to pat dry. And that's definitely something I'm going to change. And to be honest, it might yeah. work a bit easier now because they are crawling all over the place when I'm trying to sort of... <laughs> so I might end up naturally pat drying them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, they're crawling away. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, Charlotte, can you advise us on any other tips or products or clothing or, for example, baby wipes on how we can help the baby's skin? Yeah, I would say uh, wipes, uh, I would avoid them as much as possible mm -hmm. um, because one thing is they're bad for the environment, but some of them also contain alcohol and preservatives and perfume, mm -hmm. which doesn't make it good for the child. There are a few uh, good organic wipes in the market, but uh, use them sparingly. Uh, ideally, use uh, the we have an antibacterial hand sanitizer which you can use for cleaning not only hands but also the other end. Oh wow, and that's amazing! That is, yeah, that would be good just to bring along on a trip, and then uh, you just need a, a tissue or a serviette, whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's a great tip for sort yeah, of traveling. That is. Because I'm I'm yeah, taking so the boys um, on holiday to America next year. And I am worried about the whole, how do we clean while we're on a sort of a, a 12 hour flight. So that's a really useful travel tip as well. Yeah, it's, and it's it, just mentioning it, it, it's a good thing to travel with. It's amazing. You can keep it in your handbag and yeah. um, that will more or less take you wherever you go. Nappy then... bag essential with multiple uses. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. what we like to hear, lower the load. <laughs> and, and just again, regarding the clothing, uh, go for, for cotton or of silk you can get underwear um i, I know in, the, in scandinavia we have a lot of underwear where there's a little bit of wool in it mm. but then it's uh, primarily actually silk mm. oh, wow. uh, so it feels very soft if, if a child is having eczema the worst thing you can do is to put wool on them right straight on the skin so, so put a layer Mm. I feel yeah, like Scandinavia yeah. as a country are kind of forward thinking in those natural products in terms of clothing and things like that. And we're trying to catch up now. Yeah. I think um, Marks and Spencer's do a really great organic range. I've used a few of their baby grows and they're a really good, a good one. Because yeah. I think I, you know, we get given quite a lot of presents from family and friends, but not always are they the, the clothing that is necessarily great for mm. your your baby and so it's a great idea to sort of just layer it with something that you've got that you Underneath, know is going to be yeah. safe for their yeah. skin um with skin complaints um parents worry um about how they worry and struggle basically with confidence um surrounding sort of how to look after their baby's skin um is there anything that you would you know sort of advise parents to sort of like to reassure them that they're doing a good job I I think that as a parent, you're always, if you're a new parent, you, you have to find your own way. And every child is different. But if you unfortunately have a child with eczema, 
you it it is a learning curve and and I'll just say make sure that you do the best and it is really the the hydration and the moisturization of the skin mm-hmm. and you can't do much better and then make sure that we're talking about the temperature of the room and we're talking about the bath again keep that cool and the clothing stay to cotton on silk for that matter mm-hmm. um yeah and any other questions you have? Yeah, um, in in the winter and summer months, is there a different sort of routine we should take whilst caring for our children's skin? If if you're talking about uh, summer, you need to think about sun protection. You need to always make sure you cover uh, the skin, especially between eleven a.m. and three p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, when a child is over six months old, uh, they can tolerate a bit of sun, but I would definitely recommend to put mm. sun lotion on them. And so are um, they allowed to use that from birth? Because I know so many people are frightened to even use an SPF with newborns. It's I, I, I would say that on a newborn baby, the first thing you should think, forget about the sun. Just keep the child out of sun. But mm-hmm. even if you're in the shade, you still get some UVA ra- radiation. Mm-hmm. And you can, from an early age, start using the sun lotions. But in general, it is not recommended for for babies under six months old. Okay. Not that there's any harm in it, but Mm. this is just what you have to go by the book here. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. I mean, I, I actually didn't take them away. The first no, year of them I'm being here, so I was a bit, I was very nervous about that, and I thought, oh, because you kind of want them to have the vitamin D, you want them to get all that nutrients, and I, I know we we give them vitamin T, D tablets mm. to sort of counteract the fact that you're not going to maybe have them in sort of like sunshine right in the early days, but it's definitely something that I avoided. But you don't need to avoid doing it. I think I was just overly panicked mm. and nervous as a new mum. Just air on the side of course. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, do you offer or share expert uh, skin advice on any of your social channels for the brand that are? listeners could maybe access or listen to because I think it'd be amazing um, for our listeners to sort of be be able to go somewhere and get that expert advice and any other questions they may have. We actually have an extremely active and growing uh, community, uh, both Facebook, uh, Instagram and Twitter. And you can easily find us there and there will always be tips and even infographics and otherwise people are more than welcome to email us or even phone green people uh, for extra advice we, we're always there that's amazing really that's good to so hear. kind i think when you when, especially for myself and joey as new mums mm. you know the first year is so daunting and overwhelming and i feel like there's there's not many open conversations about or or quick advice really areas to get that quick advice and expertise from people who know what they're talking about and you know we've covered a few mm. sort of areas that we mm. maybe have um, experienced but for any parents to know know that they can actually come to you and ask you that advice that's wonderful that you mm. offer that um for, for parents so I thank know, you yes and I mean I was lucky enough to meet you Charlotte at one of your brand events and actually yeah, I was I astonished <laughs> um by how you were saying that there's so many brands out there claiming to be organic but the percentage of what's organic in them is very minimal um yeah it's, so it's, it's really it's important a, it's a to joke. look for that <laughs> yeah when, when I first look at uh, natural products, I realized with my background in the pharmaceutical that we actually call a product natural by having just a drop mm. of natural ingredients in. So mm. you could go as low as 0.1% and wow. 99.9 can be chemicals. Gosh, and there's is... still not no, no law. So if you are uh, just aiming at fooling the end consumer, you can launch a, launch a range and calling it organic whatever lotion and uh, by just having a drip of organic lavender in. 
So you really have to look at the back and yeah. see look, and look yes. at the products, basically. And anything that you don't understand what the word is probably means it's not organic. Yes, or good for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you need to, to think about well-trusted brands that have been around for a long time because mm. a lot of newcomers out there that are not always um, telling the truth, mm. unfortunately, which is really sad. Mm. And just quickly going back on the channels where people can get the advice from, can you just remind us again um, where um, your handle so that we, so anybody listening can go straight to you? Yeah, Green People obviously have their own website, which is greenpeople.co.uk. And uh, you can find all the Facebook, the Instagram and Twitter just by tapping in Green People. And we'll share all of that below as well. Finally, yeah, Charlotte. Great. If there was one piece of advice you wish you'd been told before having children, what yep. would it have been? <laughs> no, exactly what it would be. It would be that um, I would have detoxed my body before even dreaming of being pregnant. So that's one of the things, because unfortunately um, we live in a sort of toxic world mm -hmm. and all the man-made chemicals and heavy metals around us, uh, they are found in everything we eat, we inhale, we breathe drinking water, personal care products. And uh, if you look into uh, clinical trials and studies, uh, you can actually see that in court blood uh, of the newborn babies, mm. uh, more than 200 uh, different chemical ingredients can be found. Wow. And wh where do they come from? They come from the, the mother, mother because... And it, it's really sad. There's not much you can do about it if you already got a child because mm -hmm. you can't just start detoxifying the kid. Mm -hmm. But it would have helped had we all known. Yeah. Uh, and ideally, it should be six months prior to conception. Wow. Okay. Um, That's good no yeah. to know that it was that six-month mark because I, I, I remember taking my folic acid. I remember taking my multivitamins. And I did... Um, take them, the yeah, lay off the caffeine. I did all these things uh, when I decided to start that journey into parenthood. Um, but you know, we fell pregnant fairly quickly, um, and so it, it's it's good. To, it's a good thought to maybe just change your lifestyle now, even mm -hmm. if you're not looking to have children straight away. Uh, absolutely, just start absolutely. now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> start with with a healthy diet with lots of uh, colourful fruits and vegetables, mm -hmm. and obviously. Uh, clean good quality proteins yes. and, and if you are um, a meat or fish eater then fish oils or fish full of fish oils are great mm -hmm. and uh, if you are not uh, eating fish or meat for that matter you will need to find some some plant sources which are readily available mm -hmm. for example hemp oil is a good alternative or mm -hmm. flax oil if you want to have omega-3 mm -hmm. Actually, whilst I was breastfeeding, I had a lot of flaxseed oil in smoothies and stuff. So. Yeah, it's perfect. So, yeah. And, and that's an interesting thing when you're saying smoothies, because I'm, I must say that it took me a few years to understand why should I actually put oil in a, either a juice or mm. a smoothie. Um, but without a little bit of oil, you can't absorb the nutrients wow. very well wow. from, uh, from your fruits and veg. So when you, for example, do a, a juice, sometimes I go on a juice fast and then I do a lot of juicing, fruits, vegetables and whatever. But always make sure you put a little bit of oil in 
That's so it could be either flax oil, it could be a vegetable oil, or it could be a fish oil, if you like. Mm. And should we be giving the, the oil to our children when, when they're weaned and stuff like that? Can we help their skin yeah, from the if, inside out, it, it, You would definitely help them. As, as a child, I was fed cod liver oil every morning. Mm -hmm. It's uh, had a terrible taste, but um, you get to, to learn to live with it. But if you are not interested in anything that comes from from fish sauce then you can use a little bit of flax oil amazing that would be I'm good gonna, as well i'm gonna do that yeah. in their juices yeah exactly and then put as it, well put as it on there yeah yeah exactly and and it's easily disguised in in porridge or whatever you're yeah. making yeah. Of, of food I'm a pro at disguising things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every every mum and dad are, aren't they? I think so. We're getting good at it. Yeah. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your expert advice and you know being a mum yourself and you know creating this amazing amazing brand yeah, and helping so many parents and and adults out there. Mm -hmm. um, it's been an absolute privilege. And we'll link everything below for everyone to come through to your channels as well and see more about the brand. Thank you very much. It was lovely talking to you and hope your little ones out there are not suffering too badly from eczema and uh, sending lots of love down here from West Sussex. Amazing. Aww. Thank you Thank so, you much, so Anna. much, Take care. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on this episode of Monday Monday. We recorded at the beautiful Albright in London. You can find all details about this inspiring members club for women in business at Albright. As you know, every week myself and Joey talk about a product we are loving at the moment. For me, it's the Milk Barn clothing brand. It's an American brand. Um, you can check them out on Milk Barn Kids. Now, my in-laws buy some most beautiful clothing from this brand and we get a little parcel every now and again and it's like Christmas. So um, for anybody that doesn't know this brand, it's just so beautiful. They theme it around sort of animals so all the prints are kind of themed around animals. Well, the ones I've been given anyway. And they're just so beautiful. And they're so soft, the bibs. I've been using these bibs from day dot. And I still use them now. They just are fantastic. They really um, wash well. They're very soft on our baby's skin. And they just look really cool and stylish. So, Joey, that is definitely a must for this week. What about you? I can vouch for that. The boys look very, very cute in their clothes. <laughs> So for me this week, it's not actually a product, it's a thing. So after I gave birth to Knox, I actually paid for a private room to stay in the hospital for one night. And I found that just having that extra time allowed me to bond with him. And also it meant that I had anyone that I needed on hand. So it was just me and Knox, but at the press of a buzzer, I had someone teaching me to mm. breastfeed. At the press of a buzzer, I had someone helping me bottle feed. Because Knox had tongue tie, they decided that it was important for us to express as well so that they knew that he was getting enough milk. Um, so yeah, that would be my best advice. I think that's amazing because I definitely struggled breastfeeding. And I think mm. that just having that hands-on help and support around the clock would have made all the exactly. difference. Exactly. Well, you don't have as much fear going home as well because you've already kind of had that time between you and the child to bond. Yeah, yeah. So it's less daunting. And it's really good that they kind of um, realised that he had tongue tie so that you could sort of like 
mm. figure out what what the next steps were um to sort of make and I think it's yeah. quite a, a simple procedure isn't it yeah exactly well it was actually funny because that's the one thing all my friends told me to look out for and they were like always check if your baby's got tongue tie and as the minute he came out I was like he's got tongue tie <laughs> before <laughs> I even held him and so it wasn't until the the breastfeeding consultant was like actually that's 90 percent. it's quite a bad one um wow. but we still fed for two weeks before he got it snipped so yeah. wow did you did yeah, you find yeah. that challenging it was incredibly challenging actually um but mm. I used nipple covers by Medela and they were absolutely insane and I didn't really get any pain from thereafter um so initially I was getting loads of grazing and stuff like that because he was just really really struggling to latch his tiny oh. little mouth around my giant booby um, and then once we'd done that, it was all sorted and great. So, yeah. That's so good. I love that. That's such a great one for this week. Yeah. Right, so that's it for us this week. Um, we can't wait to um, talk to you all next week. The episode was brought to you by our amazing sponsor, Nano Baby UK. Just another Monday morning. Emma, before we go, can you give me three reasons why you love our sponsor, Nano Baby, so much? This is really easy to answer. Okay, one, as I said earlier, they're great for stacking in the fridge. Two, you can pump them directly into your bottle using their adapter, so no risk of spilling. Woohoo! Yeah, and you preserve the nutrients in the breast milk as it cools down and heats up twice as fast. Oh my gosh, yes. Honestly, though, I really wish that this brand was around when I was breastfeeding the twins. I had so much anxiety around this. I used to hate when Danny would leave and I'd have to do it all on my own. And this would have just taken all of that stress out. And I love the fact that it's shaped like a breast for easy holding for little hands. Yeah, the twins are currently making me do all the hard work. <laughs> And so I'm hoping now they'll be able to grip onto that bottle and just toddle around drinking the milk and I can just sit and have a cup of tea. So whether you want to get your partner involved, you're going back to work or you just need a break like Emma. Yeah, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect companion for your breastfeeding journey. Available in John Lewis, Mamas and Papas and Nano Baby Online. www.nanobaby.co.uk Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.